Hello, and welcome to another edition of St. Pete's on Repeat, the online sermon archive of St. Peter Lutheran Church in St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. The sermon was preached on January 2nd, 2022, for the Festival of the Epiphany, and is based on the second lesson for that day, Acts chapter 13, verses 46 to 49. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. Word of the Lord spread through the whole region. This is the word of our Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, back when I lived south of the border, in a climate that would allow for this kind of thing, every year after our city's Christmas parade, my church would host a live nativity. We would reenact the events of the Christmas story for our community, sheep and goats and shepherds and angels, and invite all our neighbors to hear the story of Jesus and, and what he means for them. One year I had an epiphany. What if we rented a 40-foot-tall crane and hoisted a star with lights on it above our church so that people could find their way to our live nativity after the parade was over? It worked like gangbusters. We never had as many people come to live nativity as we did that year. We heard all kinds of comments like, hey, I saw your star from downtown and had to come and see what it was all about. It was a, a rousing success. Now, I have to imagine that the star that the wise men saw that we read about in Matthew chapter 2 was a little more impressive than the one that I made out of PVC pipe and LED lights. But it served the same purpose, to shine salvation's light for all to see. Today, I want to think about the role that light plays in salvation's story, but also in your story, too. Like in our live nativity, south of the border, it was the light of a star that led the wise men to Jesus. We, we read this in a gospel for today. They said, we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Matthew tells us that when they got to Bethlehem and saw the star of the place where the child was, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother. They bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, these wise men come out of nowhere, but for a second, just forget about the mysterious background of these magi. Forget about the star that moves with such specificity that it can point out the exact house that Jesus was in. Forget about the frankincense, whatever that is. No, the most curious and the most wonderful piece of this whole story is that these foreigners, strangers from a distant land, Gentiles, bowed down and worshipped the king of the Jews. They called him the king of the Jews. He was known in scripture as the king of the Jews, but these non-Jews knew that he was their king too. 
They were the first Gentiles to worship Jesus as their own Savior. Of course, they wouldn't be the last, and that's why Epiphany is such a festival that we celebrate today. In Acts chapter 13, we read about Paul proclaiming the gospel to Gentiles. And this was a big deal for those Gentile believers in Pisidian Antioch. They had been outsiders, sometimes quite literally. They couldn't even enter certain parts of the temple in Jerusalem. It was off limits to them. They could accept and believe in the God of the Bible. They could even be accepted by their Jewish counterparts, but they could never quite fit in completely. There would always be the chance that they would feel or be made to feel like second-class citizens in the kingdom of God. Until Paul proclaimed the good news to them. In our second lesson for today, Paul quotes a passage from the prophecy of Isaiah that's all about the long-promised Messiah. Paul says, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. See, God didn't just want to save the Jews. And the Gentiles were never an afterthought in God's grand plan of salvation. God didn't put conditions on salvation for the Gentiles, as if they would have to adopt all the traditions and ceremonies of the Jews, like getting circumcised or giving a bacon for breakfast. No, the good news was that God wanted the Gentiles too. He always had. That's why he sent his son, as Isaiah says here, to be a light for the Gentiles. You see, even though Pontius Pilate sarcastically put a sign on Jesus' cross that read the same thing as what the wise men were looking for, the king of the Jews, Jesus didn't just die for the Jews. Jesus didn't just die for people whose families had been believers for generations. Jesus didn't just die for people who spent their whole lives serving him. Jesus died for sinners. Jew and Gentile alike, Jesus died for you. You know, I look around this room today and, and I don't see too many Jews. I look around this room and I don't see anyone who naturally has the strength to choose Jesus. But I look around this room and I see a collection of souls from all kinds of backgrounds and heritages who have different stories and lineages who have all been chosen by God. That's the good news of Epiphany. God chose you. God appointed you for eternal life through faith in his Son, through faith in Jesus, the light of the world. God sent his Son into this world for you. God sacrificed his Son on a cross for you. God even worked faith in your heart by his Holy Spirit. God did it all for you, and it had nothing to do with you. No matter your culture, your heritage, your personal past, no matter your present unworthiness of God or his love, God attaches no strings to salvation. He doesn't make heaven conditional on how many good things you can do. Salvation is entirely a matter of what God has done for you. God sent his son as the sacrifice for your sin so that you could believe and have eternal life in him. God did it all for you. That's the beauty of Epiphany. God did it all. There's nothing that you need to be or do to be saved. 
but there is still something for you to do. Remember I told you that today I want to think about light. The role that it plays in Salvation's story and the role that it plays in your story too. Oh, the light of the star brought the wise men to Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world that brings salvation to the ends of the earth. But Paul says this, This is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles. You are a light too. Think about it this way. How did the Gentiles in Antioch respond when Paul told them that Jesus was their Savior? Our translation puts it this way. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord. That's putting it mildly. In Greek, Luke makes it clear that this was not a one-time event. Their gladness wasn't just something that put a smile on their face for the rest of the day. They were overjoyed. They rejoiced, and they continued to rejoice. They made it a habit to honor the word of the Lord. And what happened? Paul tells us, the word of the Lord spread through the whole region. Paul didn't do that. Barnabas couldn't reach the whole region, but the Jews, the Gentiles, rather, who heard them could, and they did, as they took this good news of salvation for all people home to their own family and friends. Paul says that the Lord has commanded us to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. But here's the truth of Epiphany. You don't have to go to Timbuktu to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. It starts a whole lot closer to home than that. I think back to Christmas Eve for a second. At the end of that service, we sang Silent Night by Candlelight. But how did your candle get lit? You didn't bring your own lighter. Every candle was lit from the flame of the Christ candle. I went back and, and I watched the video. It took me five seconds to light one candle from mine. There were 58 people in church that night. Simple math says that at that rate, it should take almost five full minutes to light all 58 candles. It took less than one. Do you know why? Because I didn't light every candle myself. I lit two. Glenn and Peter each lit a handful, everyone else just one. But in less than 60 seconds, every one of the 58 candles in this room was lit because everyone shared the light. That's what you get to do. Jesus is the light of the world. He's the one who brings salvation to the ends of the earth. God does all that work. But you get to be the ones who bring the light of the world to the world. Even if it's just one person at a time. Or maybe even just one person in a lifetime. You get to be the one who brings the light of salvation to your home. To share Jesus with your children or maybe even your parents. You get to be the one who brings the light of salvation to your co-workers, teammates, neighbors, 
by talking to them about Jesus, by inviting them to hear more from worship or Bible class, by, by being an example, a reflection of the light of Christ by bringing his kindness and love to the world. Jesus is the light of the world. He's the one who shines his salvation into your hearts whenever you hear his word. Rejoice. That's the good news of Epiphany. God chooses you for salvation. Jesus is the light of the world. He's the one who sends you out into the world with his light to bring salvation to others. Reflect that light. That's the truth of Epiphany. That God uses you to shine the light of his salvation to the ends of the earth. May God who sent his Son to be a light for the Gentiles, shine in and through your hearts by faith in Christ Jesus. To him be all praise and glory and honor forever and ever. Amen.